Hi, I'm Sam. About five years ago, my whole world was turned upside down. More on that later, but let's just say in what was supposed to be the happiest time in my life, I felt totally lost. You're listening to or watching my show, where we'll be talking with friends in healthcare, wellness, and holistic healing about real self-care. I'm not talking about pedicures and bubble baths. We're talking true acts of care to maintain our physical and mental health so we can truly live fearlessly and fulfilled. Say it with me. Self-care is my job. Live video is starting. Let's see. When is it starting? Here we are. We are live. How y'all doing? If you are seeing this, would you drop me a little note in the comments? Say hello. It has been a minute. It has been a minute since I have been live in this group. <clears throat> and I apologize for that. But I had to do me. You know what I mean? <clears throat> As one of my good friends pointed out to me recently, not only am I a mother of two very young kids, not only am I on a journey of my own healing, which takes when you're dedicated, as I am, takes a lot of time and energy, but on top of that, I am also obviously trying to create a space of awareness and healing and personal development for a larger group of people and all of those things are just a lot sometimes so I had to move away <clears throat> from this not move away from this group but move away from the lives for a little while and now I'm gonna try to incorporate them back in so if you're viewing this and you can see me and hear me then let me know so I know everybody can hear me and I I'm so happy to be back in. Okay. So let's talk about relationships. Oh, snap. So not only is it the month, oh, it's almost the end of the month of February already. So, you know, February comes, Valentine's Day comes, and you see just like all from the, you know, probably from January, right? You see all the hearts and the chocolates and the red and the pink and the love and da 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 but the truth is that no holiday is going to soften the hardness that sometimes and the resistance right that sometimes comes between us and love and so like let's talk about love not from an intimate perspective but just in your relationships because obviously as as far as this conversation goes we're gonna we're talking about um relationships with people who you love not just intimate not just your partner or your husband or your lover or whatever it is but your friends and your relatives right or your chosen family and we all have people who we have extremely healthy relationships with and we all have people who we have strained relationships with and as I've you know mentioned there's no holiday that's going to melt the ice around your heart pertaining to a strained relationship 
it takes work and it takes here's you know one thing that's not on the list of the things you don't want to hear potentially but we'll add one in it takes work on you in order to improve your relationships i'm just going to repeat repeat that it takes you being willing and able to work on yourself if you want to improve your relationships so let's just start there this is going to be a quick talk and i'm going to like tick down three things that you don't want to hear you just you're not going to want to hear them about your relationships <laughs> um but we speak truth in this group we don't bullshit in this group and so i would love to hear your feedback or your comments as i go through some of this information so your relationships are everywhere right like let's just clarify and make sure we're clear about how important it is to work on your relationships so this is essentially the form of self-care that we're talking about today is working on your relationships like that action if we're talking about like an actual action or practice self-care related that you're going to do obviously it is not a pretty one sometimes and again just clarifying that self-care especially the way that we talk about it in this group is not always pretty sometimes it's ugly sometimes it's hard but self-care is always worth it right so like you talk about things that are hard you know like get, getting a degree you know like busting your ass in school um busting your ass to get the promotion giving birth like and having all of those things be worth it on the other side right well same goes for self-care and honestly i would argue that self-care is one of the only things that is always worth it right sometimes we strive towards something and we don't really know whether it's going to be worth it you don't really know on the other hand always worth it self-care and even if it is ugly so we're talking about the ugly practice of self-care of working on your relationships today and first of all i would love to know if anyone else in this 22222 22 energy of this past week which the number two energetically is very much connected to relationships like when you think about it like one one plus one equals two like one and one coming together so relationships connection so if anybody has been feeling the transformational energy around relationships in their lives this week or maybe even this month let me know right um it is interesting too that you know february is the second month of the year too and um and that is the meaning so i'm really feeling it and this talk obviously just like so many of my other you know topics that i choose to speak about is are they're always pertaining to obviously lessons that i'm learning in my own life that i feel need to be shared um and i absolutely have had some conversations with some of the closest people in my life that have not been easy lately and one of the thing one of the ways that i think that i learn lessons that i know need to be shared is that i am not i'm not afraid to have hard conversations this is one of my 
gifts. I'm not afraid to have hard conversations. In fact, my preference, literally, my preference is to have hard conversations. And I put people off a lot because of this trait of mine where I like want to dig deeper. I want to explore the root cause. I want to understand, especially if there's like a point of contention or a confrontation or some kind of strained part of a relationship. I want to get into it. And many people don't. So this is also like part of why I do what I do is that I'm also comfortable in that dis I'm comfortable in that in that gray area that can be uncomfortable. So let's talk about the gray area. How many of you are comfortable with the gray area, with the area between right and wrong, between black and white? So for example, comfortable with the concept of this is this is right, but this is also right. This felt right at the moment, but now in retrospect, I see it wasn't right. And being okay with that. And another example would be, this person did this or said this, which hurt. So that's one side, right? But it wasn't their intention. So that's the other side. How many people are comfortable with that concept of um, being hurt or feeling, obviously, emotions, feeling your feelings around something, but then also being able to understand when it was intentional or not and have that kind of shift your viewpoint a bit. Um, there are plenty of people who just simply cannot live in that place. And nothing is right or wrong, which we're going to get into as well. Nothing is right or wrong, which is some, one of the things you probably don't want to hear. So let's get into it now that we've established, right, that this form of self-care can be really ugly sometimes and nuanced. That's the other part of like the gray area, right? How many of you are comfortable with nuance? Meaning, yeah, like it's not black and white. Things are both end in many cases. Three things you may not want to hear. One, when you are viewing a relationship of yours as strained in some way because someone has either done or said something or not done or said something, right? They either did or said something, potentially, whether it's to you or affecting you or whatever, or they didn't do something or didn't say something that you feel they should have done or they should have said, right? We can kind of you know, cover a lot of bases when there's a strain in a relationship around that. When we, when we kind of portray our shoulds onto someone, we're setting expectations for them, right? We're setting expectations for a person. And so for a moment, I would love for you to think about how it feels in your body, physically, emotionally and spiritually when someone places expectations on you, right? Um, ex some expectations feel natural, especially as women. For most of us who are listening to this, the expectation of prioritizing your family, the expectation of, I don't know, tidying your house, you know, that's a whole nother rabbit hole of, of stuff to talk about. Um, sometimes expectations feel natural because society already set those expectations for you and you just ate them up. And so now you're living it, right? 
But the reality is that if we are doing the work to connect to like our real truth, who we really, really are, and to like be at unity with our mind, body, and soul, we set our own expectations. And any expectations that come from the external um, show up as pressure. So for a moment, think about what it might feel like. Ask yourself if it feels like pressure when people are, other people outside of you are putting expectations on you. And then turn it around for a second. And I'll repeat what I said. When we are angry or irritable in a relationship or worse, right? Because of what someone did or said or didn't say or do, we are living under the assumption that our expectation of them is just the way that it should be, okay? But our expectations are based on our needs and our expectations are based on our truth and our current, um, our current situation, our current circumstances in our lives. And they're also um, pertaining to our own perception. My perception of this world is different than your perception of this world. So I'd love to know how that sits. Are you setting expectations for someone? Kathleen's here. Hi, Kathleen. I need to have hard conversations. Don't fester. Yeah, the festering is literally, you know, as we would say in the yogi world, like the vrittis, the, mo the mental modifications come in, or like the anxieties and the sadness, right, around and the limiting beliefs that's all those types of thoughts that start to swirl around a topic or around a relationship because we're festering in our emotions. Okay. So when we talk about having these hard conversations and I'll just make sure I, I jump off of what Kathleen said to make sure that we're, we're digging into that, having these hard conversations, um, if we're going to have them constructively, then we need to become a, we, we need to take a step back, slow down and look at these three awarenesses first. So that way we can go come back um, to love. What we're trying to do is come back to a space of attachment and love and come back to a space of being able to feel compassion and empathy for the other person. Because once we get into that space of festering around the emotions, the hard emotions pertaining to a strained relationship, it all just snowballs into a hardness around your heart and it's fe your feeling brain, right? And makes it very hard to have a constructive and productive conversation that isn't just a straight up yelling match slash argument, right? So we're doing, we're becoming aware of these three pieces now so that we can eventually come to that place of awareness, right? That way we can actually like release the, um, release the thoughts and belief systems around that relationship that are not serving and then come back to that space of love and compassion and empathy to have that conversation. And I'm just going to say from now, I understand that this is not easy work and that 
there are situations where it's going to be pretty darn hard to feel compassion towards someone. Right. And there are like much deeper conversations that I would have with a person in that situation. If I was coaching them, for example, around setting boundaries, for example, with the person. Right. And like, that's a whole nother can of worms, but yeah, this isn't easy work, but we're doing it just by listening to this conversation and just by having this conversation. Right. So, Hey everyone. First of all, I want to thank you for showing up for this episode of self care is my job. Um, your, um, following and your listening of the show is incredibly important to me. So thank you again. And here's the other thing. I am ready to start talking about something that has been a complete game changer in my life. So here it is. Recently, I became a partner with a company called Amare. And they also call themselves the mental wellness company. So you can imagine why it's important for me to have a connection with this company, considering I am all about mental wellness um, and self-care. So part of my self-care routine has included for about six months now a product that they offer called the fundamentals pack so this is a probiotic regimen it consists of three different probiotic blends one that helps the health of your brain one that helps the health and balance of your gut and one that actually focuses on the vagus nerve so if you have never heard of that before it's the nerve that runs from your gut all the way up to your brain and it really does make that connection between the gut and the brain and helps with your mental wellness by way of actually focusing on gut health. Did you know that the majority of the dopamine and serotonin that is generated in your body is actually generated in the gut? So when we think about mental health, we focus so much on the brain and mindset work and very much about how the health of your body might actually affect your mental wellness. So balancing the gut is really crucial as being a part of that if it's something that you're working towards. So I'm going to include a link to the site, the Amare site, where you could view these products um, in the description of this episode. And I really encourage you to reach out to me if you feel like you want more information or if you want to chat about it and the benefit, the benefits that it has had in my life which include but are not limited to obviously an improvement not only in my mental health my ability to stay calm and grounded my focus the next things that i started to notice as i stayed on this regimen for a while my hair skin and nails um, started to improve my environmental allergies reduced by about 70 percent this summer which was crazy there are so many other things that um, I could go on about. But again, if you feel like you have questions, or you want to lean, learn more, please go to the site that I'm going to provide in the description, or you can email me at selfcarewithsam at gmail.com. Okay, so we'll talk soon. Thank you again for listening. And again, take care of yourself. Beautiful. Thank you, Kathleen, for adding that. Number two. Number two of three things you don't want to hear. Here it goes. You're not right. You're not right. You think you're right, but you are not right. You're right according to you and your perception and the, the veil through which you see the world. You are right. Um, the very first sutra 
in yoga, which is translates to thread, which basically is like when you talk, we talk about the yoga sutras, it's just like, you know, the threads of life, you know, like the threads that hold, um, your spirit together. Right. So the very first search sutra is references the now. And, but it doesn't just mean like the typical sense of now versus the past or the future, right? Which is in itself a very important space to live in, the now, right? So if we're in a relationship and all we can think about is what they have done or said in the past or not done and said in the past, and we are having a very hard time focusing on what's actually happening right now, right? That's one thing. But the very first, the, this first yoga sutra talks about now in a deeper sense of, am I actually living in this moment now as it actually is? Or am I viewing now through a veil of perception? And the answer is yes. Like, yes, we are all viewing the world through a veil of perception. And that perception has been generated by many, many things. It's, it's uh, generated by our experiences, by our past, by our development, by our childhood, by our um, religious and spiritual beliefs, by programming and conditioning, by society. That perception by which we view someone or something has been built um, and contains many pieces. But my perception of the world and the veil through which I see the world is not the same veil as yours or anyone else's. So it's all perception. And going deeper into this, and this is why I say you're not right and neither are they, that there's technically no right. And this is why I want to make sure you're all are ready for nuance, right? For being in that gray area. Um, because we can only communicate with someone and or converse and or argue or whatever it is. We can only communicate with someone at the level of our awareness and their awareness. So you're communing with your they're communicating with you at the level of their awareness and we're communicating with them at the level of their awareness, at, of our awareness, excuse me. Um, and you, through this veil that you're seeing the world, have a very distinct view of how they should act and what they should say and what is right and what is wrong based on your own perception. Um, and that is not their reality. That is your reality. So we set expectations going back to the first thing you don't want to hear. We set expectations based on our own reality and that is not their reality. It doesn't mean that we will never see eye to eye, that we will never ever, you know, um, come to an agreed upon understanding about what we want our relationship to look like. It doesn't mean that. It just means that you can't go from that. That's like almost like ground zero, right? That space of I'm just shooting all these ideas and thoughts at you or sitting with my own emotions about you, 
without, you know, communicating at all, pertaining only to my own awareness and reality. And I am not in any way willing to account for the fact that your awareness and reality might look and feel very different than that. Um, we can't stay there is the point. It's like ground zero, right? So honesty from a space of compassion and empathy is a way that we get to a place where we can have those harder conversations and we learn and grow from those hard conversations. Like I, you know, like having that hard conversation is not, it might not be like we turn the switch from, you know, shit relationship to beautiful relationship. Mm -mm, probably not. But maybe we get from ground zero to level one or level two. And where even if it's, even if it's not even readily available, if, if, if there's, if there's no available evidence of that growth, even having had that hard conversation over time, the hard conversation, including all those words that come from a place of love, sometimes we have to let that, let that part fester, right? Um, which kind of leads me to the last one. You cannot and will not change anyone. You cannot and will not change anyone. Um, I can't get in your brain, for example, and flip the switch on what my, your perception is to what my perception is. Also, geek side over here wants to bring your attention to your nervous system. Maybe someone in your life isn't doing what you think they should do, right? Whether that thing you think they should do is pertaining to their own improvement or making your life easier or whatever it is, right? They are not doing it or saying it, or maybe they're continuing to do or say something that they should stop either one, right? Um, we have to get out of a victim mentality that somehow their lack of action or continued action, first of all, is pertaining, is specifically around hurting you. Now, there are, are cases that are obviously not what I'm saying right now. You know, there are obviously situations where a person might very well do something blatantly to harm you. That's not the, that's not the type of relationships I'm talking about in this conversation because those relationships, we need hard boundaries around. And we approach those you know, somebody who's doing something very, very intentionally with beyond the shadow of a doubt to hurt you, we can let go of that relationship in big or small ways. But when we're talking about a relationship, like I said in the beginning of the conversation, that we, uh, with somebody that, that at our core we actually love and that we actually want to improve that relationship or that we don't want to release that relationship from our lives, we have to accept that not only can we not ex like set these hard expectations, not only can we demand that we are right, but we cannot and will not change anyone. Someone will change when they are ready in their nervous system to do so. Someone will change when their nervous system is in a space to do so. So that comes with many mistakes that hopefully lead to awareness and growth, but may not always. It comes from 
getting into that space of awareness um, from conflict and challenge and taking that awareness and taking action and implementing that into your life and maybe failing all over again, that is how a nervous system over time becomes more and more ready to actually change, for the person to actually change. This is the same reason why it takes people many, you know, women, for example, you know, they're, they have this goal of weight loss always, right? It's just an example that's coming up for me right now. Um, they have a goal of weight loss, for example, and whatever the reason is, that's a whole nother can of worms, but, um, it takes so long to get sustainable results because making those kinds of changes that need to happen for those sustainable, that sustainable weight loss, for example, it takes our nervous system so long to come into a space of discipline and where we are actually ready to live differently and make different decisions reliably and with confidence. So you're, again, setting expectations potentially for a person who is just not ready to do what you think they should do or should stop doing, right? Um, a person can only help themselves. You, what you can do is you can lead by example. It's probably the best thing that you can possibly do Again, bringing it back home to the first thing I mentioned that you don't want to hear. The best thing you can do is lead by example, which means the best thing you can do to improve your relationships is to work on you. So the last piece of this is about self-regulating and co-regulating. The reason that our relationships and are so important in our lives, and they're such a massive piece of our lives, and the reason that working on your relationships is such an important practice of self-care is because your relationships are all about co-regulating. So within our nervous systems pertaining to our mental and emotional wellness, we have two modes of regulating, self-regulating and co-regulating. We're not only self-regulating, we can't only rely on ourselves and implementing self-care that's very um, self-based um, and expect that to do everything because our lives are filled with relationships. Whether that relationship is with someone who is super close to you, like a best friend that you can rely on, or maybe it's a strained relationship with a parent, or maybe it's a very toxic relationship with a boss or a coworker, for example. Um, every single day, we are in connection with people, with other people. We have to come to a place of being able to co-regulate with them. And there probably is no perfect picture of this, right? Like, you're co-regulating also means having those hard conversations and hard and you know strained interactions because every time that happens that is the other person basically holding up a mirror for you to look at yourself and so now i take that information of how i'm triggered or how i reacted and so on and so forth and i take that awareness and information and i incorporate it back into my own 
modes of self-care and self-regulation. But the most optimal space that we can try to be in is to have modes of self-regulation or self-care and have a plan for our own self-regulation and work on that because it's the only thing that we have control of so that we can show up in our relationships in a healthier, as a healthier us and be able to have those hard conversations if necessary. So we have self-regulation and co-regulation and this is why relationships are so important to work on as a form of self-care. Hey, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Hopefully you will like, share, and follow. And if you want to stay connected, find me on Instagram at the underscore aligned underscore heart, or you can visit my website at alignedheart.net. Take care of yourself. Say it with me. Self-care is my job.